Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. A few videos back, I talked about how a judge ordered a car dealership to buy back a used car they had sold as is. And the judge had said that that transaction was unconscionable because of what the dealership knew about the car and how they sold it to somebody knowing it had problems and so on and so forth. And so I talked about how as is does sometimes leave a seller open to liability depending on what they've done. So Derek sent me a note out of Canada. Now, here's the thing. Although this is in Canada, the law here is quite similar in that this could happen, but it's a very unusual result, and it involves a town called Okanagan, which I believe I'm saying correctly. I, I believe I am. But the man from Okanagan who misrepresented the condition of a used car loses in court, and this is not a car dealer. This is an individual. A guy just sold his car to a woman. And she later said the car was defective and he failed to tell me something that he knew. And I talked about that before. It's a common law concept called misrepresentation. So the story is from Infotel.ca. Like I said, it's out of Canada. Ben Balmer wrote it. An Okanagan man is on the hook for $5,000 after he misled and was untruthful about the condition of a used Volkswagen. According to the decision from the BC Civil Resolution Tribunal, the man sold the woman a 2009 Volkswagen in July of 21 after he described it on Facebook Marketplace as a great little SUV in great shape, super reliable, runs great, and great in the snow. Now, all of those statements are subjective. It's a great little SUV. I mean, you can't measure that, so it can neither be true nor false. It's just whatever it is. It's a guy talking about a car. In great shape, same thing. What, what does great shape mean? But that's not what got him in trouble. So he advertised the car for $9,800 Canadian, but he sold it for $9,000. And then a week after she bought it, the woman noticed the car was leaking oil. So she took it to a Volkswagen dealer where she knows that the seller had taken the car for service, and she brought it there for service. They replaced a vacuum pump for $650, but said that the SUV needed another $2,000 worth of work. So... She drove it for a little while longer. It was still leaking oil. She took it to another Volkswagen dealer who said, yeah, we can fix the oil leaks, but it's going to cost us $4,500. Now, it does not say what parts they replaced other than they replaced various parts. And as you know, an oil leak could be, I don't know, a valve cover. It could be a rear main bearing. Uh, it could possibly be a cracked block someplace. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can cause this. And some of them are catastrophic and some of them are meaningless. So... That's the question, and I understand some of you go, Steve, there's no such thing as a meaningless oil leak. Well, if it leaks oil so slowly, for instance, that it's negligible, and all it is is aesthetic, meaning that it makes the block look oily, it might not be a problem. But, of course, I would encourage anyone with an engine that leaks oil to get the uh, leak fixed. So <clears throat> she went ahead with the repairs at the cost of $4,161. But... During this whole transaction, somebody pointed out to her that this vehicle did not have its original engine. The entire engine had been replaced. It was an engine swap. So she then uh, filed the lawsuit in small claims court against the seller, saying that he had misrepresented the condition of the vehicle and that she wanted him to pay for the repairs. And the small claims court, of course, often sees disgruntled car buyers suing sellers, but usually with little success. And I can tell you this is true because quite often a judge will say, okay, you're an individual, not a car dealer, right? 
you're an individual, right? You just bought the car from that guy, right? Okay, and and you know that a guy selling you a car is not making any like express warranties or bumper to bumper warranties or or anything like that, right? So you're buying the vehicle with no warranty of merchantability. What did you think you're getting besides just the vehicle? But the question is, if somebody outright lies or fails to include information that they know the other side would want to know, then they can get in trouble for misrepresentation or fraud. The principle of buyer beware generally applies to private purchases of used vehicles, the tribunal said. This means that buyers assume the risk that a vehicle might have significant defects. There is no common law duty for a seller to disclose known defects. However, the tribunal pointed out that the seller cannot actively conceal or misrepresent defects. And the woman argued that the seller had misrepresented the fact that the engine had been entirely replaced six months earlier. In the decision... The woman says she asked about issues with the engine, and the seller replied, no, there are no issues with the engine. Now, I know some people are going to say, Steve, maybe there were no issues with the new replacement engine. But (laughs) the seller disputes this and says he was not questioned much at all about the car's history. Not much. Faced with conflicting evidence from the parties, it is impossible to know with certainty what happened. The tribunal ruled... But then they weighed up who was being truthful. And I think people say, you know, Steve, I go into court and I say no. My opponent comes to court and says yes. The judge can't pick a winner because they don't know who's telling the truth. No, actually, whoever's the fact finder, if it's a bench trial like in a small claims court action, the judge, or if it's a jury trial, they get to pick a winner. And in fact, that's their job. And so if they are faced with literally completely opposing viewpoints, they're told, for instance, in a jury instruction, that you are to pick who is telling the truth. And you can base that on all kinds of things, including just your observation of the witness as they were testifying. Did they appear to be truthful? And we've all seen this before, where somebody comes into court or just in real life and they're asked questions and you just know they're lying. (laughs) I'm not saying the guy did that here because I wasn't there. I don't know. The tribunal said that the buyer's evidence is more consistent with her messages to the seller From the beginning, she showed a serious interest in obtaining the maintenance records and receipts. She asked for these things a second time when the seller initially did not address her questions. And then the judge writes, I find it unlikely that she would not have asked any questions about the engine because she says she did. He says she didn't. The tribunal goes on to say that the seller did not respond to a message about the oil leak and only got back to the buyer months later after she sent him the formal letter asking for compensation. For these reasons, I find the buyer a more credible witness, the tribunal ruled. The tribunal said that the seller had misled the buyer by concealing the information that the engine had been replaced. And here's what we don't know. We don't know if the guy took it to the Volkswagen dealer and said, guys, drop in a crate motor. I I want you to go and get get a... Right off the shelf, motor, it's never been used, never been turned over before, and I I get to break it in. Or if you went to a junkyard and just grabbed a motor out of a wrecked vehicle, and obviously there's a whole range of things that could happen in there. You know, and I worked at a gas station back in the day, and I remember watching people there swap engines out. And it can be done in a gas station by a couple guys who know what they're doing. But it can also be done by people who don't know what they're doing. So... 
The uh, seller argued that the new engine had less mileage on it, but he provided no evidence to support this. So he said it was a better engine than the one he took out, but it's not the same. He did not explain why he did not provide this information. I find he should have been able to obtain it, given that he described the dealership's owner as a close family friend. The tribunal ruled that the reason he didn't give out the evidence is that it would not have helped his case. And so, by the way, a court can also ask that, as can a jury, wonder, why didn't somebody bring something into court? If they've got documentation to prove their case, but they didn't bring it to court, do we have to believe it exists? The answer is no, you don't. So the buyer also tried to get information about the new engine from the place that did the work. However, it was not forthcoming, and uh, they refused to get involved. So the tribunal writes, in the absence of any other explanation, I agree with the buyer that the auto center likely refused to provide the information because it would not help the seller with whom they have a close relationship. Uh, So the tribunal said that um, the seller's misrepresentation of the condition of the vehicle, i.e. the engine swap, uh, did result in liability against him in favor of the buyer and the tribunal ordered him to pay $4,981 to cover the repair costs that the buyer had already paid, plus $300 in fees and interest. So, long story short, TLDR. Individual seller sells used car to individual buyer. Individual buyer comes back later and says, car's got an oil leak. Costs a few thousand dollars to fix and sues the seller. And the crux of the case is, I found out after I bought the car as the buyer that the vehicle's engine had been replaced, and that had not been disclosed to me. And if it had been disclosed to me, it would have been material to the transaction. I doubt that she said that, but that's what she was thinking. (laughs) That's the legal terminology. It's material to the transaction. And yes, if I'm car shopping and I'm looking at a car and I'm considering purchasing same I, uh, I would like to know it's had its engine replaced. I'd like to know that. Now, I understand that in the collector car world, numbers matching actually means a lot. And I highly doubt that this used Volkswagen is a collector car. But there is something to be said for knowing that a car has had that kind of major work done on it. And I'm also curious, like I said, we apparently do know the dealership where the work was done. And it's an auto repair facility. I don't believe it's a Volkswagen dealer. But, but we do not know where the engine came from. Was it a remanufactured engine by some company that remands engines? Or was it pulled out of a junkyard? Or was it pulled off the shelf at a dealership? We don't know that either. And that's a very important thing. And so I've had clients before who've had vehicles under warranty where the engine exploded through a rod, that kind of thing. And they literally pull the engine out, grab a new engine, drop it in, it's a little bit more work than that, but I'm trying to point, make a point here. And give you your car back and go, there you go, it's been repaired under warranty. And that's a perfectly appropriate warranty repair. Some people don't like that idea because now that they have a car that's had major surgery done on it. But that's what your warranty says you're entitled to. And so if it was done that way, not that big of a deal. I still think you should disclose. So the Okanagan man who misrepresented the condition of the used car loses in court. And again, for the friends of mine up on that left end of Canada there, let me know if Okanagan is the correct pronunciation, because I think it is. <laughs> I think it is. But from infotel.ca, Ben 
Bomer wrote it. Derek sent it. Thanks a lot. Questions or comments, put them below. Those will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Always be a first-rate version of yourself instead of a second-rate version of somebody else.